0: Express FM Supported by Portsmouth College We are passionately Pompey
1: It is a new era at Fratton Park There's a new man down there in the dugout What a goal!
2: Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched in more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good, positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been
3: immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years.
0: This is the Football Hour fans interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating you've got to get out of this division and into the championship the Blues
4: League One campaign comes to an end with a 2-0 draw drawn home to Wickham Wanderers
1: Piggott reports with outside the box, Piggott's cross, it's a joyous cross and it's headed in at the far post And goal, and all square. Pompey two,
4: two. Over the course of the hours tonight, we'll hear from two more Pompey fans as well as the post-match thoughts of John Musino. I thought the performance was excellent and I thought the result we were really unlucky to, to not score quite a few more. And of course, blue supporters listening back home, we want to hear from you this evening. What did you make of yesterday's performance at Fratton Park? Which players would you like to see back in blue come August? And after the last few performances, are you starting to look forward to next season already? It's 81400 on the text, start your messages with the word EXPRESS, email sport at expressfm.com, use at expressfm within your tweets, or head over to facebook.com forward slash pompey live. Well, good evening, you join us here for the penultimate show of the season, this is the Football Hour.
0: This is the Football Hour, 937 Express FM. Welcome
4: along to 93.7 Express FM and this latest instalment of the Footblower brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Head over to StagecoachBus.com for more information on the services they can provide near you. On the way between now and seven, we'll get the verdicts on yesterday's final day stalemate against Wickham Wanderers, discuss in brief the season as a whole, and of course, hear from John Musino. Time first, though, to take you back to Sunday lunchtime. Matt Bloomfield chairboards the visitors to PO4 for the final day of the 2022-23 League One season, with both sides battling for nothing but pride and to finish eighth in the final standings.
0: Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Chilton scores! 90 minutes of
1: passionately Pompey commentary. He
0: scored!
1: This is... You
0: wouldn't believe it!
1: Pompey Live. It's not quite the end of season finale we were hoping to have at Fratton Park. A battle for eighth won't mean a huge amount but Portsmouth will still be trying to end with a win. Towler for Pompey on halfway, to Morel, trying to drive forward once more. Morel sprays a nice pass out to this near right-hand side. Rafferty, infield, Lowry's got space, into the box. To Rafferty, to Morel, Pompey knocking it around, but can't find the killer ball at the moment. May it be to Rafferty, across the face of goal, Ogilvy! How has he not scored? Strayek saves, nil-nil. All given given away by Amy danger, McCleary, and he scored under the goalkeeper. An error from Amy, whose pass was poor, gave it to McCleary, and then the shot went under the body of the young goalkeeper. And you'd have to say, against the run of play, Wickham have taken the lead. Portsmouth Neil Wickham 1, to the far post. Bishop free, header! Oh, it's gone wide. a deflection, another corner. Into the near post, this header is in the back of the net! Pack has scored for Portsmouth in swinging corner. Pack nods it past the goalkeeper. Pompey have got the equaliser Their play deserves. Portsmouth won, Wickham one. And then go long and look towards Bishop. Again, hard for him against the two centre-halves. And Tapazoli wins that one. Pack couldn't nod the ball down where he wanted to. He just slams the bar out the way. And Wickham try a shot from a long way out! And it's got in! Halfway line when Lewis Wing has hit that and it's curled away from Olo Emmy into the top corner. And Wickham have taken the lead with an astonishing strike from Lewis Wing, Portsmouth 1, Wickham 2. Piggott for Portsmouth outside the box. Piggott's cross, it's a joyous cross, and it's hit. Head- in the corner what a delightful cross into the box and a great finish and we're all square Pompey 2 Wickham 2. Loose outside the box once more still 2-2 closing stages BBC Radio Solent Sport Rafferty down by the right corner flag keeps his footing infield to Lowry left foot across to the far post Ogilvy's header. oh he's put it over the bar what an opportunity and Ogilvy will wonder how he's not scored today it's still 2-2 and that's that The full-time whistle goes here at Fratton Park. Portsmouth have ended their season with a 2-2 draw against Wickham.
0: Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars.
1: There we are then,
4: the highlights of Pompey's 2-2 draw with Wickham Wanderers on Sunday afternoon at Fratton Park. The final game of the season for the Blues, of course. Let's run you through the other results from across the division this weekend. Then on the final match of the campaign, Barnsley nil, Peterborough United 2, Bristol Rovers 2, Bolton Wanderers 3, Burton Albion 0, MK Dons nil, Cambridge United 2, Forest Green Rovers nil, Cheltenham Town 2, Charlton Athletic 2, Exeter City 3, Morecambe 2, Fleetwood 2, Ipswich Town 2, Lincoln City 1, Shrewsbury Town 0, Oxford United 1, Accrington Stanley 2, Port Vale 1, Plymouth Argyle 3 and Sheffield Wednesday 1, Derby County 0. Some big results with some big implications to the League 1 standings as it is now complete. We knew last weekend Plymouth Argyle, Ipswich Town, they have both been promoted to the championship yesterday afternoon they went to battle to try and win the league one title Plymouth Argyle of course went to Port Vale and won by three goals to one so they are the league one champions of 2022-2023 congratulations to the pilgrims a 3-1 victory away at Port Vale elsewhere Ipswich Town we mentioned their 2 all draw away at Fleetwood Town they're of course still promoted but they end the campaign on 98 points in second place three points behind Plymouth Argyle, who end the season on a whopping 101 points in the playoff places it gets really interesting here as well of course we knew Sheffield Wednesday had been confirmed in third position they won yesterday afternoon they finished the campaign on 96 points Barnsley in fourth with Bolton Wanderers and before the state of play yesterday in League One Derby County were sitting in sixth position until they were defeated by a goal to nil away at Sheffield Wednesday with Peterborough United winning away at Barnsley leapfrogging them into sixth position so the playoff places now sheffield wednesday barnsley bolton and peterborough so the semi-finals will stand as sheffield wednesday versus peterborough and barnsley versus bolton wanderers Pompey, of course, finished the campaign in 8th position, 11 games unbeaten over the last 11 to end the campaign. Of course, only one win in the last six in the league. However, they finished the season on 70 points after that draw with Wickham on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, that means Wickham finish in 9th position with 69 points. Down at the bottom, Forest Green Rovers already relegated. Atkinson Stanley joined them in League 2 next season alongside Morecambe. And MK Dons. We knew Accrington Stanley were pretty much down, barring what would have been a monumental goal swing yesterday afternoon. They have been confirmed to be relegated to the fourth division. Morecambe joined them. And MK Dons, all they had to do, really, was win away at Burton Albion to stay in League One. Cambridge United had to ensure they won and uh, make sure that MK Dons dropped points at Burton Albion, which is what happened. MK Dons nil, Burton Albion nil. Cambridge United 2-0 victors over the already relegated Forest Green Rovers. So scenes at the Abbey Stadium, the Dons, the fake Dons, are down into League Two. So congratulations to Cambridge United for their victory and their retention of their League One status yesterday afternoon. Right. Let's welcome in our two guests for tonight's show then. First of all, good evening to Matt Corrick. Matt, a pleasure to have you back on the show.
5: Yeah, great to be back, Jake. Thanks for having me on again. 2 all draw
4: between Pompey and Wickham yesterday afternoon. Then, Matt, uh, a thrilling game, it has to be said, to be fair.
5: Yeah, yeah, most certainly. Um I mean, that, that last 20 minutes was really promising. I mean, we, I think we certainly probably should have bagged the win today, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, again, I think it sort of sums up our season, that that whole performance. You know, a, a couple of sloppy goals and we walk away with a point when really we should be walking away with three, I suppose. And, and as I said, that sort of sums up the season really so far.
4: Absolutely. And alongside myself and Matt this evening, Joe Wood from the 1898 blog. Joe, welcome.
5: Hello again, Jake.
4: Hello again, yeah, yeah. Final time this season, Joe. Of course, this is the penultimate football hour of the campaign and we've got the delight of talking about yesterday's two-wheel draw at Fratton Park. Just mentioning with Matt there, it, it, it was a pretty thrilling game and, um, wow, where where do we even start to try and dissect it? I mean, if
3: <laughs> the thought came to my mind that if you were being really cynical and had your tinfoil hat on, you'd say that's the sort of game where you go... Yeah, I'll renew my season ticket. I want to do this again. Um, yeah, it, it's it's green shoots, isn't it? Um, it's a campaign that's been split up into sort of four distinct sections, and we're back in the the, the believe section again, um, which is a great place to be in. I don't think I don't think any of us enjoy being overly negative about it. So, to
4: to finish on a on a good game, on a good performance is always nice. Mm. And not a bad performance at all. Matt, will we'll go through, of course, the positives from the game, but we obviously have to start chronologically the opening goal in that first half. Gareth McCleary opening the scoring for Wickham Wanderers after a pretty even um, set-up sort of first 20, 30 minutes of that game. Gareth McCleary um, with a shot underneath Josh Oluwimi, after the goalkeeper who, who came in in place of Matt Macy, named on the bench, Josh Oluwimi starting, gave the ball away initially to Gareth McCleary, and then his shot from, I think it's just outside the box, wasn't it? It, it crept underneath the uh, the young, former Spurs goalkeeper. Um, where do we start with that goal, Matt? It's not a bad strike from Gareth McCleary. We give, we give him some sort of credit for that, but ultimately, the goalkeeper, unfortunately, has to be doing a lot better there.
5: Oh, most certainly, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It, it's almost like he's fallen rather than, than dived for that because it's just gone straight underneath him and you know especially after giving the ball away I think he'd probably be hoping to make amends by at least you know pushing that away but yeah he's a young keeper and I think he's got a lot to learn and you know it, it's yet to see if, if he's going to be um, coming through the, the sort of I don't know, first team goalkeeper that we really need at the moment. But as I said, he's young and and he's great to have on the bench and I'm sure he'll learn from these mistakes. I think everyone would probably rather agree that he makes them now rather than later on in his career. So, you know, hopefully it'll be a learning curve for him, but... It was a good strike in the first place anyway, really. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Uh, Pompey equalised from a corner. Joe, something we're not really used to saying this season, really. Um, final game of the season, Marlon Pack, um, to make it one all. Um, not a bad header, good delivery as well from, from from that set piece.
3: Yeah, I think the last part of that sentence is the bit that we've been missing for mm. maybe two years. Yeah. Good delivery from a set piece. I mean, how many times have we watched a corner be swung in from either the Fratten or the Milton and just watch it end up in the in the stands? Um, it's amazing what happens when you put the ball in the right areas, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that looking forward, that's something that we have to kind of address in the summer. We have to be looking at players that are effective from these situations um, because all the top sides are making you pay for conceding corners, conceding free kicks in dangerous areas. And we certainly have the players to be able to capitalise on that, but you have to get that ball into that area first. And that's something that we've really struggled with this season. So to see it come to fruition today was, again, uh, green shoots. It's it's something that, that we can kind of walk away with and, and be excited about for next season. Yeah
4: um aside from that that goal uh, that went in, Matt, the, the Pompey response from you know from John Massino's side to, to get back into the game, we'll come on and talk about the second half in a few moments' time, having gone uh, behind again to get back into the game to draw ultimately 2-2. But was the, the character and the, the, the real metal of that Pompey team yesterday afternoon at Fratton Park the real determining factor as to why they, they managed to to grind out the point as opposed to losing the game?
5: Yeah, I mean... It, with with, with the, the team that we've got, Jake, I, I think all season they, they've shown moments uh, of potential, but the, there's just not not the correct players, shall we say, the style of players that, that seem to link the way that we want to play. And the has brought that together and, and those three in midfield are, are relentless. And, and when they start together, I think we're a lot better team for that. Um, they move the ball well. Morel definitely, certainly brings us more forward as well um and yeah we we looked a lot better we we looked in good shape and and that last twenty minutes, as I said earlier you know we we were relentless and i I certainly think we should have probably gone on to win that game but again, as i said you know it it's it's looking forward to to next season and looking at the players that we've got there that can can bring us on and um it looked good it did look good mm-hmm. earlier and it certainly has done under Massinio since he sort of come in it's it's most definitely improved, so there's a lot to look forward to next season yeah
4: Moving on into the second half, Joe, on the 54th minute, it was Lewis Wing, Wickham's top goal scorer this season, who put the chair boys back in front at Fratton Park. And, uh, yeah, some strike, wasn't it? Just over 40 yards out, he could see Josh Odoimi, um off his line um, and beat the young goalkeeper with a, a fantastic effort. And I think that was emphasised by uh, plenty of applause around Fratton Park. Sometimes you do just have to bow your head down and go, yeah, fair play, good strike. <laughs> yeah i mean
3: to to think about having that shot is one thing to then execute it is another um i'm not gonna give any grief to hollowy amy there's no way that in the third division of english football you're expecting a player to pick that one out straight away and just hit it as well as he did (laughs) um but i do actually want to touch on something previous to that um We've certainly, when I've been on the show, we've we've had discussions about the refereeing being abysmal. Mm-hmm. I do want to credit the referee here, yeah, because the the initial ball to the Wickham forward that is a foul. Yeah, like he has been wrestled to the floor and he's let that go. He's 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 essentially played advantage, and that is what's allowed this this fantastic strike and this brilliant bit of football to occur. Um, so I do want to give him a bit of credit for that. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say? It's just, like you say, you just have to. Sometimes you just have to applaud it and go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's happened." <laughs> um, you, you can't. You know, it, yeah, it was a bit reminiscent of the Matt Taylor yeah, to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, similar sort of distance. All right, the, the circumstances are totally different, but <laughs> yeah, it just it, I, I got a flashback to that.
4: Do you get the gist, Matt, however, that if Oluwemi hadn't made that sort of error in, in the first half with Gareth McCleary, A, giving him the ball away uh, and B, not able to, to keep the ball from going into the back of the net with the gun underneath him, do you think that without that happening in the first half, Lewis Wing maybe thinks thinks twice about taking that shot? Do you think that maybe he's, he's seen the opportunity to take advantage of someone who has had a bit of a shaky game and it, it is coming into a match with sort of little experience and, and maybe he's had that pot because of that. Do you think maybe if that hadn't happened in the first half or if you've got Matt Macy in goal, circumstances change?
5: I mean, to be honest, I, I think that's just instinctively, you know, a, a quality piece of football. I, mm-hmm. I think he's he's looked up, seen the opportunity and taken it, you know. And with, with those types of efforts, it's, it's one or the other. You know, positionally, some keepers probably are going to be better than others. And as I said earlier, unfortunately, with, you know, Oluwamy, he's he's a young lad um, and positionally, he looked a little bit sort of lost where he was certainly once the strike was taken. But I mean, it was quality um, and, and you, can't sort of do anything other than, as Joe said, like applaud that because the, the Frattening did and, you know, it's got to be good for the Frattening to applaud something from from another team. So, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, that was just a great strike and and it's gone in and I don't think you can criticise anyone. Macy could mm-hmm. have been in goal and been in exactly the same position and, you know, lost the flight. So, you, you can't really save away, but he, he was a young lad and he did look a little bit positionally lost, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not taking that strike away, it was class. No.
4: And of course, from, from the goals now, Joe, we move on to what happened just under 10 minutes after Wickham went 2-1 up. Josh Oluwemi trying to claim a ball that it was bouncing into his penalty area and a really nasty clash with a Wickham Wanderers forward had left Oluwimi, um planted to the ground at Fratton Park and immediately the, the medical staff from both Pompey and Wickham as well as moments later, a couple of paramedics coming on uh, to assist with Josh Oluimi, ultimately being subbed off, and Matt Macy coming in to play for the final 25 minutes of the match. Um, a, a nasty collision with Josh Oluimi there, and, and fantastic to see ultimately at the end of the game him coming out, do the lap of honour with the supporters, and and actually be okay um, after it. You know, that, that could have ended a lot, lot worse, considering it was his sort of head and neck area.
3: Yeah. Um... It, it, concussions is something that you don't really want to play around with and I'm very pleased that the medical staff at, at Portsmouth um, identified that and, and withdrew him. Um, we have seen far too many instances. I mean, I personally, I come from a background where i also played and coached rugby as well. Um, we see far too many instances in football where we take the player's word for it and say, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine, you can carry on. No, no, no. That's not acceptable. Uh, we saw it at the World Cup, I think, this, this year just gone. Uh, I believe it was the Iranian keeper. Mm-hmm. He was allowed to carry on, and he clearly wasn't in a, in a yeah. fit state to do so. I think the sooner we get to the point where we can have concussion subs, mm-hmm. the better. Um, I think it being at last game of the season probably does affect the, the outcome of, of that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, if this is Matt Macy and we're still in the playoff chase, I would like to think that the medical team would still do the right thing and substitute him. Yeah. But you you can't you can't say for certain. Um, like I say, I, I really hope that we get to a position fairly soon where we can where we can have these concussion subs. Um, but thankfully, he was he was well enough to, to walk around walk around the pitch on the parade with the, with the other players. Um, and thankfully he hasn't got any games coming up either. So he's going to get the rest he needs, but yeah, um, Scary moments anytime a head and neck are involved.
4: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 yeah. Once again, a, a big a, a round of applause to the, to the medical staff, their uh, quick reactions, and of course the paramedics are coming on. And yeah, great to see Josh Weemi ultimately um, at the end of the game um, in, in good health and good spirits as well. Um, speaking to him afterwards, he he wasn't quite sure at the time when he'd gone down exactly where he was. Um, of course, that happens when you have a, a head collision. I know all too well this season. I've had one of them myself, but. Um, yeah, um, not not nice to see Joshua Oluimi coming coming off a pitch, having had uh, the assistance of some some gas and air as well. But great to see him after the match, joining with those um, post match celebrations and a lap of honour with the Pompey supporters. Great to see him given that opportunity today by John Messina. Right, more from myself, Matt, and Joe to come after the break, and we'll also hear the post match reaction of
2: John Messina. To come back and then to create chance after chance after chance, and unfortunately we didn't put them in the back of the net. But it wasn't for lack of effort, and actually for lack of quality in the final third. I, I just thought that and um, we were really really good today really really positive and um, you know I think if, if that's anything to go by then yeah, the future's very promising. More to come here on Express FM when the Football Hour returns after its quick break.
0: This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus, go greener with Stagecoach.
1: Next stop a cleaner greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2?
0: Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 937 express fm
4: welcome back you're listening to the Footblower on express fm driven to you as ever by stagecoach across the south download the app now from either the apple app or google play store to prepay for your ticket and do up-to-date timetables near you 81400 is the number you need to text this evening start your messages with the word express you can email sport at expressfm.com use at expressfm on twitter or find us on facebook facebook.com forward slash Pompey live of course on air with you tonight up until 7 o'clock myself Jake Smith alongside Matt Corrick and Joe Wood to go over yesterday's League One action and um, we spoke before the break lads about of course the, the opening sort of hour of that match on yesterday afternoon um, Matt of course we've, we've touched upon the first three goals let's move on to the fourth the equaliser Paddy Lane getting his first goal in a Pompey shirt and, and great reactions as well at the back post to, to get in there with the header
5: yeah, most certainly, yeah. And it was a great header to keep it down as well. Um, you know, sometimes it's easy to get under them um, when they come across a bit unexpected. I, I personally, when when I saw it myself, I, I thought if I was a Wickham fan, I'd be a bit disappointed with that. I, I think that probably had the opportunity to be cleared as well. But yeah, no, it was, it was good instincts and uh, certainly a good finish.
4: Yeah. And uh, a change in the atmosphere at Fratton Park yesterday afternoon, Joe particularly after that second goal Pompey equalising and it, it was a thrilling game perhaps for the neutral as well and as, as a Pompey fan, as a Wickham fan really just in, enjoying the occasion perhaps many um, supporters actually pleased to, to see the season just finally over, moving on to the summer, looking ahead to the next campaign but it was a match where both sides could play with that bit of freedom and we, we saw quite a bit of fluid fluidity within that Pompey attack yesterday afternoon didn't we? Something which did continue from flashes and glimpses of that sort of promise we saw at Pride Park a week prior.
3: Yeah, um, it it does have to be tempered with the argument that it's very easy to do that when it literally doesn't matter. Um, But it it shows that there is a solid basis of a side there, which I think is, it's not only testament to the work that John Monsignor has done, but it's testament to the work that Rich Hughes is doing in the transfer market as well. Paddy Lane getting, getting his goal um, coming off that uh, right hand side with, with the header at the back stick um, I mean how many times have we seen Owen Dale do the identical thing mm. and not convert yeah. so it is showing a progression and it does make you a little bit more excited for next season it, that that was the feeling wasn't it that there's that, sort of a a belief that there's mm. something coming together again Something's cooking. with an With yeah with another summer i don't know we we're constantly over the last six seven years going oh well maybe this transfer window will be the one we get it right yeah well eventually you have to get it right yeah you can't keep getting it wrong and and this is the first time and i keep saying this on the show this is the first time we've had the structure in place to go and get this right and we're already seeing with riley towler and paddy lane the product of that
4: Mm.
3: and so i think that we can be really positive going forward that this is going to
4: work. Yeah. I know it just sounds like PR for Pompey at the moment, <laughs> but yeah, stick with it. <laughs> how much am I paying you, Joe? Uh, we, 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 we do keep getting sucked into this, don't we, Matt? And, and Joe's hit the nail on the head every season. We get to this stage where we have... Uh, we actually usually end the season, to be fair, quite poorly. It is usually the other way round. We don't normally end the campaign on an 11-game unbeaten streak, no matter how it's come about. The fact is we've gone... 11 games unbeaten. John Massino has lost four matches in charge of the Blues, all of which have come to sides, but have actually finished in the playoff positions. We've been speaking about for weeks the only games that John Massino has lost in a Pompey or in a Pompey sort of um, aura as manager as head coach have been to sides above them in the table. It's been confirmed now with Peterborough getting sixth position. We've lost games to Plymouth Argyle um, under John Massino, to Peterborough United, to Barnsley. And to Sheffield Wednesday. Four sides in the top six. The other two, um, we we drew of course with um well Ipswich Town we played them before John Basino arrived. But point being, there is something happening here and you could see that in the final sort of five, ten minutes of that game yesterday, couldn't you? The atmosphere at Fratton Park. It was it was starting to rock again and you can't help but feel that maybe it's a shame maybe the season's over, maybe we could have carried on for a couple of matches and got into the top six.
5: I mean, yeah, the potential I mean Paddy Lane, I, I agree with what Joe said, you know, that he's certainly a, a lot better player and and it's great that we've got him on a permanent. I'm really looking forward to seeing him next season. I mean, last week at Derby, he was class, you know, he really sort of had some spells in the game where he was really important and, and really pushed us upfield when a lot of the time we were we were against the kosh. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to having that. and. You know, Bernard, albeit he's on a loan, there's the, the potential there to maybe get him in as well, if, if he's sort of bought into the project so far. He's, a, you know, a quality act at the back, alongside Towler, who's come in as well. So, you know, there, there's a lot of talk. We're already out there looking at players and, and sort of circling the targets that we want. So. You know we we do got to get it right and there's the, certainly the talent there as i said earlier you know that midfield is quality there's there's not really too much there you need to do but a, a few players in here and there and and just stop these loans you know and get some stability in in the team um and hopefully we can see the results because you know there's been occasions this season where we've looked class mm-hmm. and and then unfortunately there's been too many occasions where We've just not looked in it. And I think that comes with with a lot of players that, you know, maybe just, as I said earlier, don't fit the style that we're looking at. But Massinho's certainly bringing his style to it. And, and you know, you said about Peterborough, Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday and Barnsley, you know, I, I think that sort of sums it up, really. It shows where we're at at the moment. Yeah. And probably we fairly finished in eighth this season. And, yeah. you know, we, we just it just shows that that improvement's needed and hopefully it comes in the right shape.
4: Matt mentions Deshaun Bernard there, Joe, moving on to sort of the summer transfer window and looking ahead to next season very shortly. But first signing of the summer, does it have to be Deshaun Bernard? We've recently heard that he's um, leaving Manchester United in the summer. Um, Potential option there for Pompey to to swoop straight straight in. He he knows the team, he's worked well with the squad. Fans seem to be uh, adorned to him as well. Works really good with Riley Towler too. Is that a no-brainer for you? Does Deshaun Bernard need to be back in blue next season?
3: Well, you, you certainly have to make a concerted effort and a strong push to, to gain his services for next season. I think one of the big concerns I would have about Pompey um, being able to go and get him, not that, that we wouldn't want to, but I think there might be some lower half championship sides that would potentially be looking at a player like that as well. So you've got to offset the uh, league positioning with... Uh, familiarity hmm. so it, I think that would be my big concern but you have to make the push you have to present him with an offer and I don't think it's unreasonable to say that those conversations are probably already starting inside the, the Pompey war room sure. um, because it, he doesn't start today unless you're having that that conversation because in the last couple of games why would you be playing a player that has no future at the club? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And he's played quite a few of these games. So I, I think there's something going on there. I'm not going off any inside knowledge. I'm just looking at it from from an objective perspective. Yeah. That, well, that's what you would do. Um, I'm not sure exactly when his contract runs out, the precise date, but you're allowed to negotiate 30 days before, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to be there on day 29 Yeah, going, here's the offer. What do you think? Yeah, and uh, it has to be a good one yeah. as well. We can't try and nickel and dime this. Got to make sure that you get in there early because he, he is a class act back there. He covers two positions as well, mm. you know, and and that flexibility lower down the lower down the leagues is 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 important because there's an awful lot of games. You have the Pizza Cup, you have the Caravan Cup, you've got the cafe Cup, you've got the, you know you're going to pick up knocks and um, that sort of flexibility is invaluable.
4: And with these young proper players coming through, Matt, we, we've spoken about the sort of identity that we want to see Pompey uh, next season uh, and really heading into the long-term future as well with with Richard Hughes as the sporting director and, and John Messino as the new head coach and adapting that um, ethos at the club. Riley Towler coming through, Paddy Lane we've mentioned uh, already, of course. But, where does this, this leave the likes of the experience heads within the team? Notably at the back, we're talking now about Deshaun Bernard and potentially re-signing him in the summer for next season on a permanent deal alongside Riley Towler, who, quite frankly, has to be playing week in, week out because he is a class act. Where does this leave, in your opinion, the likes of Clark Robertson and Sean Raggett?
5: I mean, that, that's that's a tough question, Jake. Because, really, uh, I mean, my my opinion is... There's, there's too many mistakes come out of there and, and quite frankly six years or well, five years now with Raggart, six years with Raggart, and it's not worked the, there's been no progress you know at, at all whatsoever um, and the question is if we get promoted if uh, next season then does Raggart walk into the championship side no not for me so uh, you know I think this is a time to freshen that up you know as you said Towler most certainly. And, and what Joe was saying earlier as well, you know, we made the mistake with Hurst to, to not get out over the line. And I think we need to learn from Ipswich. If you want to go up, you've, you've got to put your hand in your pocket and get these players over the line. And, you know, Deshaun Bernard is one that you, you just can't risk losing because he's another player that comes in and completely changes that team. He brings the ball out of defence. He moves the team forward. And quite frankly, my my personal thought on it is that you need to go and get him no matter what. You can't let this opportunity slip through the fingers. As I said, they've had the time to, to get his his philosophy across and, and get him to buy into the club and what we're doing. So if they've sold that enough and they're willing to put, put the, the money into it, then it's a massive investment that we should be looking at, really. Um, and, and in terms of Clark Robertson, you know, he's had a lot of injuries. We knew that when he came to the club and, you know, he's he's been a good servant and he's had a few good games, but at the same time, there's been a lot of errors that's come out of Clark Robertson the last couple of seasons as well. So. And whether that's because you know the injuries has hindered him and his confidence, you know, probably, you know, that's that's maybe the case. But I think now is the opportunity to press the reset button and and look to the future and and get permanent signings in that are going to, you know, bring the club forward rather than keep us looking at eighth and you know ninth sort of each each season. Yeah. It's it's kind of a, the time to get out now. And I think we need to move forward.
4: Matt, thank you very much. I uh, hope yourself and Joe do sit tight for the next few moments because it's now time to turn our attention to the head coach. John Messino spoke shortly after the full-time whistle at Fratton Park yesterday afternoon.
1: Final game of the season, 2-2 two, two draw. What did you make of the, the result and the performance today?
2: Yeah, I, I thought the performance was excellent and uh, I thought the result, we, we were really unlucky to, um, to not score quite a few more. Uh, and, you know, we, we've conceded two, but one, obviously the first one, really sloppy. We, we know we can do a lot about that, but we, we came back. We were really positive and and turned the game around on both occasions. The second just an absolute wonder goal. Um, you know, he's called it on the half volley from 50 yards. Uh, we know we know that we've um, got that in him. So, um, yeah, we do have to try and protect against that. But I don't think there's a huge amount you can do to come back and then to create chance after chance after chance. And unfortunately, we didn't put them in the back of the net, but it wasn't for for lack of effort and actually for lack of quality in the final third. I, I just thought that and um, we were really, really good today, really, really positive. And um, you know, I think if, if that's anything to go by, then um, the future is very promising.
1: Is that the way going forward? We saw both fullbacks in the box. Is this what you want your team to do? How you want them to play?
2: Yeah, and and, and of course we have been trying to implement elements of that in in the first in the first three months that I've been here uh, so far. Some, sometimes it just takes a bit of time, and sometimes it clicks, and sometimes it doesn't. And, and one thing, yeah, we are fully aware of is we you know we want more crosses, we want more shots. Uh, even the message at half time was. Um, you know we even thought of the bench sometimes it's it's not on because obviously the fans want us to shoot all the time but sometimes it isn't on i did feel in the first half we turned down a couple of shooting opportunities Uh, the goal in the first half comes from paddy taking a shot on the edge of the box really good save Uh, from the corner we we end up scoring just real sort of positive play the way that um the way that we build is is excellent at times and of course we have to Take a couple of risks, and I'll always always take that on board. To always take that on board as my responsibility. But uh, overall, just yeah, absolutely thrilled with with how he came away, and, and I think we deserve much more than the draw today.
1: Paddy Lane, it's been a bit stop-start his career here. Is that kind of today, and really the past few games, showing what he's capable of?
2: Yeah, so I think if you summarise Paddy's career here, we always knew it was going to be difficult for him in the first couple of games coming in with a lot of expectation. And also, he's had a really tough six months behind him, and I'm not sure that we we fully realised the extent of, of how much his confidence had taken a, lock, a knock sorry this time last year at the EFL Awards. He won a young player of the season for the league, and it didn't quite go as, as planned for, for the next four, five, six months for him. So we had to get him over that and I thought he came back from that in his second spell in the side really well, and then he got injured here at Sheffield Wednesday, and then he had to get over that and come back in. I think he's been he's been excellent for the last couple of games. You can see what a threat he is behind. You can see the quality that he has when he comes on his left foot. We need to see a bit more of that. I think he can, he can come in and provide a lot more in terms of assists and goals. Um, but yeah, I mean, thoroughly got his, his goal. We need to get those, um, those wide players, those fullbacks in at the back post, uh, creating. And, and the most pleasing thing, I think, for me today was the fact that we were... Very, very attacking, but um, obviously we're going to get counter-attacks a couple of times, but I thought we were really solid in behind the ball as well. Nice moment taking your kids on the, the lap of appreciation. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, you know, really nice to, to have them here. Uh, they love it. They, they shout, play up Pompey at me all the time when we're at home. And um, it was just it, was, it was nice that we had that, that atmosphere and, and the appreciation. And and this is this is us, I suppose, at the back end of a season where we've we finished eighth and, and everyone's a bit disappointed. So um, I think that'll be a message to the lads this season. Imagine what this place will be like when, um, you know, if and when we we're, we're competing. Uh, it'll be brilliant. You
1: got those meetings this week is it a few days of looking back and then fully on looking forward again
2: yeah definitely and and, and the meetings will be forward focused as well and uh, we just have to get the season out of the way and then we'll, we'll have the meetings this week and, and see where we are with everything and um you know myself and and everybody up at the club rich and, and Andy and, and phil will sit down and see where we are and um and just take stock and then yeah everything's going to be forward focused from that point onwards but to be honest we've um yeah we have been for the last couple of weeks anyway john musino speaking after yesterday's two-wheel draw between pompey
4: and Wickham Wanderers at Frapp- Parker, let's go through the the reign of John Messino so far. Then Joe, 23 matches played, 10 wins, nine draws, and four defeats. 39 points overall from those 23 matches. It's somewhat shy of two points per game. Danny Cowley, previous to that, um, of course, John Messina succeeding the former Lincoln City boss this season. 22 matches, seven wins, ten draws, and five defeats. So when you look at it in comparison. The, the amount of defeats is, is relatively similar between the two managers, um, but ultimately it, it, it's, it's the draws as well. It's, it's the style of play. Heading into next season, are, are you growing in confidence? Not not just from what we've seen on the pitch in terms of the, the playing personnel and, and Richard Hughes behind the scenes pulling the strings a little bit, but with John Massino in the dugout, Joe, are, are you feeling a bit more confident with him?
3: Yeah, um, I am. I think the appointment of Massino came as a bit of a shock to everyone um I don't think anyone would have had Oxford player takes over Portsmouth manager on their bingo card for for things that would happen this season but um no he's come in and he's he's done a very very good job I have to say um it's we took you look at the records there and, and they are very comparable but and I think that this is one of those things where stats can be a little bit misleading. Um, the manner of a lot of those draws were very different. Um, I think Pompey played a lot better under Messino in those draws than they did under Cowley. And a lot of those draws with with Messino were very positive um, up until the point where the other team would score late or whatever. But the, the, the Cowley ones always felt like there just wasn't anything happening and it was going to finish a draw no matter what. Um, looking forward to next season, he's going to have a full pre-season.
4: Mm.
3: I would hope that business gets done early so he's got those players for the entirety of the, the full pre-season, yeah. but we, we shall see. Um, I think that's almost more important than getting the absolute 100 percent right player i think if you get the the 80 percent right player and give them a full preseason, it's just as valuable um i i think realistically pompey should be looking for automatic promotion next season yeah. um I, I i i'm not going to say win the division because the teams that are in the playoffs this year three of them aren't going to go up no and they're all decent sides, and some of the sides coming down are also going to be reasonably good. Uh, Wigan and Blackpool aside, maybe um,
4: <laughs> none of them.
3: So there's there's other issues there. Um, so I think yeah, we do need to be targeting the the automatics, and I think we've got a manager in in Misenio that that has the capability to do it.
4: Mm. Right, we'll get more from myself, Jake Smith, Matt Corrick and Joe Wood in just a few moments' time. Don't go anywhere.
0: This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM.
1: Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app. To get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit StagecoachBus.com for timetable and ticket information.
0: This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM.
4: Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour, the penultimate episode of the season. For a full recap of Pompey's stalemate against Wickham Wanderers on the final day of the season yesterday afternoon, the show of course this campaign sponsored by Stagecoach across the South. You can download their app now from the Apple App or Google Play Store, or visit StagecoachBus.com for even more information. Right, a tweet coming in now uh, from Harvey Marks. Uh, Respect Joe Piggott. Massively frozen out under previous management. Tough season, but has always come across as a sound lad. Sort of player we need in the dressing room. Impress me in his appearances under Messino. I doubt he'll return uh, though as big wages for a rotation player. However, I wish him well. Harvey Marks on Twitter with his opinion on Joe Piggott. Um, Matt, a very interesting topic of conversation. We were speaking on Pompey Live yesterday afternoon shortly after the full-time whistle about Joe Piggott and what he brings to the team have you seen an improvement into his play under John Messino and and let's face it even under John Messino as it was under Danny Cowley limited game time he's not the kind of player Copy Bishop is we know that but if there was a an option to explore his services next season with Ipswich promoted to the championship you can't really see a future for him at Portman Road can you
5: no no definitely not and I think um, I don't really see a future for him but Pompey either. But at the same time, yeah, most certainly, I've seen, seen an improvement under Misenio um, with Joe Pigott. I mean, again today, the the cross for the goal, you know, it, it was it was a good cross. He scored against Accrington with that header. I think there's there's a lot of times, actually, I feel sorry for him, Jake, in the sense that, ultimately, he should have had a lot more opportunity. I think there was probably a lot of games that we got points in that where, if we had actually used Pigott, then the, that that point turns into possibly three, um, certainly in in games against teams at the lower end of the, the table. I think he would probably have swung you know a lot of games in, in our in our direction, and um, you know who knows Bishop and him could have created a, a partnership that you know again maybe would have got us over the line, but. It is it is what it is and ultimately, you know, I, I thank him for his services, I thank him for his effort because, you know, as Pompey fans that's what we appreciate when he has played, he's, he's always put in an effort and, you know, he's got a, a couple of decent goals for us. So, you know, ultimately, you know, he's been a good player, but I just, I don't see a future moving forward for him with, with us just because uh, of the way I think that we're looking at playing.
4: Mm. Uh, let's move uh, attention a little bit elsewhere then um, Joe we we mentioned at the start of the show uh, the League One table and the the permutations of the results that happened across the country yesterday afternoon Plymouth are Garlips which town promoted we knew that heading into the weekend Plymouth champions um, and the top six remaining of Sheffield Wednesday, Barnsley, Bolton and Peterborough United Joe are, are any of those sort of finishing standing positions come as a surprise to you at all? Um, I, I think Sheffield
3: Wednesday is the surprising one, and mm. not for the reasons that we initially would think. It's not a positive reason that they're a surprise that they're in the playoffs. Um, I thought that probably two months ago they were just going to walk away with it, and that
4: would be that. Well, they went on a um, twenty-three game unbeaten run, didn't they?
3: Oh, well, exactly. And to to fall and and end up into the playoffs is going to be that's going to be a tough one to come out of. Um, losing all of that Mm. sort of momentum and the deflation that's going to come with that it's going to be very difficult for those players to pick themselves back up and and win two of the biggest games that there are in football or in English football Um, I think looking at the rest of the sides that were around the playoffs it it could have gone in any order couldn't it really Mm. you you wouldn't have been that shocked Um, I think Derby have had a have had a really good season. I will say that um, you look back to this time last year and we didn't even know if they were going to be able to turn out a team. Yeah. Uh, you know, there were players leaving left, right and center. I think it was this time of year where uh, Wayne Rooney said that he was leaving to go to the MLS <laughs> and manage this time. Um, so for them to finish seventh is, is a fantastic achievement and, and credit to them. But it's also, to bring it back to Pompey, you look at it and you go, well, that was a sub- side that nearly didn't, or that nearly had a, a points deduction this year, hmm. didn't really know what was going on until three or four weeks before the, the beginning of the season, and they managed to finish above us. Yeah. That's disappointing. Um, no matter how well they've done, you still can't, can't help but look at that and think, yeah, we probably should have, should have come above them, actually. Given the the setup, we had no excuse, no. Um we we dropped the ball.
4: Looking at the playoffs, Matt Sheffield Wednesday may take on Peterborough United in the semi-finals. The winner of that will play either Barnsley or Bolton at Wembley at the end of the month. In your opinion, who wins that playoff campaign? I know it's it's hard to tell; it's a lottery. We know that, trust me. But if you were to you were to go for a prediction now, out of those four sides, who do you think will be strongest enough to to go through that? <laughs>
5: I mean it I'm going to give the cliche answer here, but I mean Wednesday finish on 96 points this season and it's it's an absolute shocker that they've not gone up on 96 points any other year that that gets the team promoted yeah Probably with a game to spare, in all honesty, and and I think that says a lot about their season. They, I think, they had probably a, a five-game spell where they they dropped a couple of points and it, it got a bit rocky for them. But and at that point, you know, Plymouth and, and Ipswich were really battling off against each other, which really helped their their sort of streak. So they sort of lost that ground there. But I think ultimately their their squad, um, they've they've sort of had that experience last season as well, which I don't think they'll want to allow to happen again. Um, But there's some really good teams in there. It's going to be an absolute cracking watch. And, you know, I think there's possibly going to be an upset or two. So... We'll see, but I, I think Wednesday have got to be the the guarantee mm. in that to, to to sort of go on and, and get out of the league really. Yeah, and also it's really what I want to be honest with you. Cause it's <laughs> another big one gone out of our
4: league. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at next season. Um, if that were to be the case, of course, Sheffield Wednesday. If they do win the playoff play, uh, playoffs, uh, it will be next season. The likes of Barnsley, Bolton, Peterborough United, Pompey, of course, Derby County, uh, Wickham, and Charlton really the the threatening sides. But you, you look towards maybe securing a playoff position and then you've got to add the likes of um, those coming down from the Championship, Reading, Blackpool, Wigan Athletic, who get all all three sort of fairly decent sides in this division. However, Wilfrance will mix, but none of them are really having a great time off the field at the moment. Blackpool don't have the biggest budget, and they certainly won't have the biggest budget in League One next season. Hopefully, of course, Pompey's will increase. Wigan Athletic, um, players refusing to train, that could throw their season into doubt. However, as, as Matt's alluded to previously on the show tonight, they are a side that just know how to get out of this division. We knew with Derby County last season, Joe's already mentioned it. Um, we, we didn't quite know what kind of state they'd head into this League One campaign. They've ended up on their feet in a good position to side a lot of players and and ultimately end up, OK, missing out on the playoff positions. But, it, uh, you know, a, a pretty decent campaign. For them in in comparison to what was happening off the pitch. So who knows what will happen to Wigan Athletic over the course of the summer. But as things stand, not looking too good for them. As for Reading again, off-field issues, fans um, supporters unrest with those behind the scenes, um, but don't really attract big, big attendances at uh, what is now called the select car leasing stadium um, up in Reading, so yeah my, my point here Joe, as you you mentioned it in, in the previous part of the show, it's going to be difficult next season, but in terms of Previous campaigns where Pompey have had to go into the season looking at the likes of Sunderland coming down, Sheffield Wednesday coming down, of course Derby coming down last season, um, Ipswich coming down in previous campaigns. We've got really none of that heading into next season. I, I don't think in terms of really big clubs that you expect to just storm a division. I, I don't really see any of that capability in, in in Reading, Blackpool, Wigan. I might eat my words come this time next year. I don't know. Well, I mean, as we're
3: sat here on the eighth of May, no, um, but you know, two months, three months is a long time in football. Any of these teams could could pick up a new owner, ownership group, um, and fifteen players, and it, it completely changes the outlook on it. As things stand, no. Pompey should be looking at this as we are one of the the, the more established sides. We are there is a nucleus of the team. It's not going to require huge upheaval Um, and we should be looking to uh, to be promoted again, to wind that back. We probably said that last year and the year before (laughs) and the year before. But I think the sides that are coming down are three sides that whilst historically have been big, done well, the, the recent turmoil off the pitch is far from resolved. Um, I saw a report recently that Wigan have failed to play their pay their players on time for five months this year.
4: Mm.
3: That's bring, that's not a side that that has a lot of stability off the pitch.
4: Bring back that um, one.
3: Come back. Yeah, I believe, I believe I sent you that exact text yeah. a few days ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that should be something that. Pompey should look to do. Um, I, you, you think back to when Pompey had all the issues with their, their financial difficulties, all the issues that were going off the pitch. How often were we having our best players mm. pickpocketed off us by teams that are in the same division or slightly below us, yeah. and then they went on to, to success? We should be looking at doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. Take advantage of other teams' misfortune because it is exactly what other teams would be doing to us. Yeah. And the perfect example for me is is looking at someone like Jack Watmore, and I'm only using him as an example, but you yeah. you take my point. Yeah. Um. Watmore and Towler at, at, at centre half with Bernard in in the mix as well. Yeah, sign me <laughs> up please. Yeah, that,
4: I'd never pair that. Yeah, that, that is uh that is quite an exciting prospect. Um Matt heading into next season, of course, then we've got um players returning to their parent clubs of course the likes of Matt Macy, Owen Dale, Dane Scarlett as well, heading back to their respective lone clubs. Joe Pickett of course returning uh, to Portman Road, leaving us really next season as things stand. With uh, a, an attack or sort of heading into sort of back into midfield of got the likes of Colby Bishop, Paddy Lane, Joe Morel, Marlon Pack, Tom Lowry. Yes, in your opinion, does that only leave one space in the starting eleven where you think Pompey needs to improve, or do you think we're heading into what will be a seventh consecutive season in League One that John Messina and Richard Hughes need to be a bit more ruthless and completely revamp that squad again?
5: I mean, they they've said it themselves, haven't they? I think Rich Hughes said that he's looking at ten. I think bringing in ten players. So, you know, there's there's clearly a, a need there, and a, and a, hopefully a big... Because, as you said, the a a seventh season for Pompey in League One is just not good enough. And you know, you said about the atmosphere today; it was it it was a little bit back to its best, sort of. You know, I think everyone enjoyed the game, and the sun was out, and it's Bank Holiday weekend. But ultimately, you know, there's been times this season where it's been poor, and you know, I, I just think that we need something for for these fans because we've stuck behind it all and and ultimately it's now time you know the the investment's gone into the club the the structure's now there fratton park's looking good you know we own the the training ground yeah all right i think it needs a massive improvement but that's a discussion for another day but ultimately it's now time to to get this team out of league one and you know we've seen it with ipswich you know they bought in a I, I won't say an inexperienced coach because obviously he was at United under Solskjaer and Carrick, but at the same time, you know, Massinio's fresh, He's he's got new ideas and I think we can already see the style of play that he wants to play and, you know, with a, a revamp of, of maybe a few players in defence and certainly some more creativity up front, you know, we, we're going to be in and around it next season, but it, it's just in the hope that this investment comes into the squad this year. Yeah.
4: Matt Corrick, thank you very much for coming on the show this evening. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you not just for tonight, but your contributions throughout the entire campaign as well. I hope you have a fantastic summer, and uh, yeah, thank you very much for your for your contributions this season,
5: Matt. Absolute pleasure, Jake. As always, you know, it's it's great to come on and chat Pompey, and you know, hopefully next season, as we always <laughs> say, we'll have something more positive to talk <laughs> about. But uh, yeah, let's let's see.
4: Fingers crossed. Matt Corrick, thank you very much. Joe Wood as well. Likewise to yourself, my friend. You made your debut this season. It's been fantastic to have you on the show. I hope you'll come back uh, for next season as well. Really echoing what, what Matt said there. It's been a pleasure. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll be talking about what could be a promotion season next season so we could have some positive stuff to talk about for for a change. Ah,
3: uh, yeah. It's been, it's been really enjoyable, Jake, this season. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. And, um, yeah, I've seen... Heck
4: of a season to to make my debut on it, wasn't it? We've seen everything. Yeah, plenty um, of so, to talk about.
3: Yeah, hopefully, it, hopefully it carries on and we <laughs> get a promotion
4: next year. Joe Wood, Matt Corrick, thank you both very, very much. Well, that is it for tonight's show. I'm afraid, Pompey fans, and that is almost it for the season as far as the Footblower is concerned. We have one more show remaining coming up this Friday from six o'clock. Do join us for it.
0: This is the Football Hour, ninety-three point seven. Express FM Pompey's
1: 2022-23 campaign is over You don't need me to tell you how the Fratton Park baseball feels The booze are loud People are heading to the exit It will be League One football for another year When August rolls
0: around I'm afraid the football that we were playing was so boring It lacked any creativity
4: Join us for a full review of the Blue season
0: This Friday evening from 6
4: that's right the football hour returns for one final time this season you can catch the final edition of the show for the 2022-23 campaign this friday from six o'clock i'll be joined alongside barry clements and sam macy to review the season as a whole we'll also have extended highlights of the blues campaign throughout all competitions and then towards the end of the show we'll be reviewing the season we'll be going through our thoughts your thoughts back home Blues fans as well will also be looking ahead a little bit further into the summer transfer window and what we can hopefully look forward to next season. Right, coming up here on Express FM for tonight though, the soft rock show with Jeff and Adams returning right after the news at 7. They'll be talking to Colin Bluntstone and Zombies and there's also new music including Cold Irons Bound and Linda Moylan. That 80 show with Kevin Stokes returns from 9 through until 11 o'clock tonight playing great songs from the, one of the best decades of music, the 80s. And then tomorrow morning, of course, Ian James returns with Express Breakfast from 6.30, right the way through till 10 o'clock, which is when Paul Marsh takes over the reins here on Express to take you through to lunchtime. Darren Glavin has your drive time between 4 and 6 before the local music show at 6 with Josh Robinson. But until Friday, Pompey fans, have yourself a fantastic week. Do stay safe, take care, and I'll see you for one final time this season, Friday evening from 6 o'clock. Good night.